2: is Steve Moore. This is the More Money Show. Uh it is a uh beautiful Fourth of July weekend uh throughout much of the East Coast. A little rainy today, but I think the rest of the weekend is supposed to be just absolutely gorgeous. A little bit hot, but uh I hope everyone gets out and celebrates this wonderful, wonderful uh celebration of America as a nation. And uh one of the themes of today's show is that we are the greatest nation on earth. We're the greatest nation that ever was. We are certainly a, a people that have flaws. We have many flaws in our past and present, uh, the evils of slavery and racism and other issues that have have uh, tainted our record as a country. But we have emerged as not just the world economic superpower, but the real real epicenter of freedom and liberty in the world. We are we are the beacon of freedom for everyone in the world, and we continue to be, despite our flaws, despite the fact we have a president right now who maybe is not uh, in America's uh, interests, unfortunately. Uh, we are still an incredible power and we're still an incredible force for good. And I want to kind of address that issue today, especially for young people. I I know those of you listening to the show who are over the age of 50, I'm 62, you know this, you learned it in school. Kids today are not learning about the greatness of America. They aren't. I I see it in my own kids. I have, uh, I have Five boys, three of them are a little bit older. They're out of the nest, but uh, two of them are still in uh, grade school and high school. And the crap that these kids learn about our country, you would think we were the villain of the world, not the savior of the world. And so um, I want people to call in. I'm going to take your calls today. We'll take about 25, 30 minutes of your calls today on the More Money Hotline. And what I want to talk about is America. And do you agree with me that despite our – look, we're human. We're flawed people. We're not perfect. There's only one perfect person who's locked on this earth. Uh, but we also are a, a, a country that almost every immigrant in the world – isn't it interesting? Almost every immigrant, someone who wants to leave their home country, they where do they want to go? They don't want to go to England. They don't want to go to China. They don't want to go to Russia. They don't want to go to Germany. They don't even want necessarily want to go to Canada. They want to come to the land of the free. And Joe, earlier this morning, that uh, I am now reading this book by Walter Isaacson. It's a biography of, of uh, Ben Franklin, and. Amazing. I mean, what an amazing life Ben Franklin had. And, uh, you know, he had so many great sayings. A penny earned is a penny saved and so on and so forth. I mean, a penny saved is a penny earned uh, and was so brilliant. Um, he was the one who really was the first to understand how we could harness electric power, electricity. You know, the whole story of the kite and the key. And um it's an amazing story and i think about that by the way a lot with respect to what's going on today where we're trying to like reduce our electric power <laughs> you know here you know electricity is probably one of the biggest inventions uh you know in, in human history the ability to harness electricity so that i could be talking to you on this you could be uh you know we have the food Uh, The energy we have, it's all due to electric power. And anyway, Ben Franklin, on top of being one of our great founding fathers, was also an incredible inventor and uh, uh, political prognosticator. And the whole Constitutional Convention, the gathering of the greatest minds in history, from Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, to Ben Franklin, to George Washington, to... George Mason and the whole amazing Alexander Hamilton. It's just amazing what these people put together. And they created a country that was really based on the idea of freedom and limited government. That's what comes through so profoundly when you look at what these great leaders and founding fathers did. They rest with the states. At that time, there were 13 states. Remember the original 13 colonies? The and the people, they did not envision this idea that government that was what ruled. They believed that our country was best. Uh, you know the, that the country that that governed least governed best, and they were right about this. And I am so tired of people criticizing America as some kind of sinister force. And it's in our folks. It's in the textbooks now, the American history books. When I was You know, when I was learning about American history in the 1960s and 70s, it was one of the greatest stories ever told about how our country evolves into this mighty and how we became, uh, as as Reagan said, the beacon of freedom in the world. And now it's just the opposite in terms of learning about this country. Now, I'll make one other point because there's so much that is being said about America that is wrong. So, I hear this every time. I hear it from sometimes from my sisters, from my relatives. You know, they're more on the liberal side, and especially my nieces and nephews who are younger. Oh, America is the most racist country on earth. You've probably heard that. America is the most racist country. Folks, uh, have we had a racist past? Yes. Are there racist policies in America? Yes. But we are the least racist country in the world. And the reason I say that is I've been looking at these statistics about what has happened with black progress in America, uh, what has happened with Hispanic progress, Asians, unbelievable progress. Asians are now richer than whites. Did you know that? The average Asian household has a higher income than the average white income, white household income. Now, that's an amazing thing. Think about that statistic. Wait a minute. Asians, for the most part, have brown skin. Right they're not white, they have brown skin, and yet this quote racist country has has turned out that 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 the this uh number of Asians who are in this country, whether they're chinese, taiwanese, Filipino, whether they're Indian, they do amazingly well in this country. They have really found the. and it isn't a thing I mean, I just love talking about this because I love this country so much I mean folks, you cut me and i bleed red, white, and blue, which is why I love the 4th of July celebration. And it is amazing to me that if you take someone in India or put in China or some of these countries like Bangladesh and so on, they, and and they are going to be very poor. It, no, the likelihood is if they're living in their home country, they're going to be very, very, very poor. They're going to be living in poverty. But then when you bring them to the United States, what happens? They become rich. <laughs> it's the most amazing thing. Even Hispanics. Now, Hispanics still have um, incomes that are whites, but Hispanics have made incredible economic progress in this very rapidly. Um, and so you take somebody out of Mexico who's living dirt poor for the most part, and you bring them to the United, the United States, and they have a middle income. Uh, living standard. It's it's a beautiful, wonderful thing to see. And I saw the other day that uh, AOC, uh, obviously from New York, Alexandria, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, was disparaging this idea of the American dream. She was disparaging it. She was saying, what is this idea that you could pull yourself up by your bootstraps? You know, how do you pull yourself up from your bootstraps? Okay. Good. She is a woman of Latino um, uh, lineage, and now she's a member of Congress. I mean, that's a pretty amazing thing, right? To become—you know—she didn't grow up rich, and now she's a member of of uh, Congress. As she's despairing this idea that the American dream works, that even the poorest among us—and it's been the history for 250 years—that even people who grow up poor can become rich in this country, and and there almost another – no other country does. So I am defending this country today on this show, and I'd love to hear from you all, because I as I say this every week, I learn so much from my listeners. I always say my my the people who listen to this show, and by the way, I have so much gratitude from John Katz, who is the uh, owner of the uh, this station, has turned it into the top talk radio station in America. That I have this opportunity to to talk to you all and to. Uh, hopefully, you know, make you think about what's going on in this country. And I'm not always right, by the way. <laughs> if you think I'm always right, you should ask my wife. She tells me all the time when I'm wrong. But I'm right about this. This is a great, great country. This is a country we're celebrating. Are we facing some tough times ahead? Yes, we are facing some tough times ahead. But we will get through this. America always. Pre- uh, don't give up on this country. And sometimes I, I look at what Biden and Kamala Harris and and uh, Chucky e. Schumer and Nancy Pelosi are doing, and I'm like, oh, my God, how can they be so stupid? But you know what? We have always prevailed as a nation. We will prevail again. All right. I'm, we're going li- to take a little break. We're going to hear from Ryan and Bob Payne, two of the top financial analysts. Uh, I, uh, I'm going to interview them on what's happening with the economy. And then when we get back, I want you to call in and tell me if you agree with me. That America is the greatest country on earth. And if you do not agree with me, I want to hear from you, too. Tell me what our flaws are and what we need to do to make this great country the red, white, and blue, the pursuit of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. How do we perfect it to do that? I'm Steve Moore. We'll be right back. The the More Money Hotline, 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. We'll be right back. This is the More Money Show on WABC. An
1: American original. Talk Radio 77, WABC. And WABC. Radio.com. This is More Money with economist Steve Moore. Now, Steve Moore.
2: Welcome back, folks. It's the More Money Show on WABC. I am economist Steve Moore. And now we re- we turn to our financial analysis section with two of the very best in the business, uh, the uh, Pains. Uh, and I want to uh, talk to both of you uh, this morning and this afternoon about what is going on with these markets. Now, I am looking at the Wall Street Journal front page from Friday, and it says that the markets, stock markets post worst first half of year in decades. (laughs) And as a 401k holder, as I am and many of our uh, listeners are, we are very dispirited by that headline.
0: Uh, Are we gonna see better things in the second half of this year? Steve, that first half was so bad that we changed our name from pain capital management to pain and
3: suffering capital management. <laughs> right. <laughs> of course, that's P-A-Y-N-A, for the record.
0: Yes, for the record. Well, I mean, we have, um, you know, inflation at a 40-year high. We have the worst start to the market, as you mentioned, from the headlines from the Wall Street Journal. The only thing I can say is that, you know, based on history – when you have such a bad first half, you generally have a more positive second half. It's not going to be too hard to have a more positive second half this year. Right. Do you think we'll be up in the second half? Historically, we we generally are. I'm, and I think what's happening now, as we've mentioned the last couple of weeks, that the uh, Federal Reserve has been trying to – you know, put their foot on the brake. We're hoping right. they don't keep it on too hard because we've been in a red hot economy. Now it's slowing down very, very rapidly. I mean, but mm-hmm. we're also starting to see things like wheat, copper, lumber, not just fall, but they're tumbling. I mean, they're coming down really dramatically. So I think that, uh, you know, the intended effect of slowing the economy is starting to happen. And as a result, we're seeing bond yields start to drop, which is a little right. surprising since the fed's telling us they're going to keep raising rates. But, um, If they want it to have a slow economy, it's certainly here. Um, And whether we're in a recession or not, I guess uh, that's for the economists to debate. What do you think, Steve? Well, you know,
2: the the, uh, Atlanta Fed came out with a report on, I think, Thursday or Friday saying their latest estimate through. As, as everyone knows, we are now in the, officially in the second half of the year, but for the first half of the year, they are saying that the economy shrank by, uh, somewhere between one and one and a half percent. So technically, when you have two, two straight quarters of, uh, of, uh, uh negative growth in the GDP, that is a technical recession. Now that would be a really, what I'm, I'm calling it a soft recession, but, right. uh, Ryan, I'm kind of interested in your take on this because, um, The Fed is going to have to raise rates more. There's no question about it. Uh, my buddy Art Laffer wants, you know, a substantial increase in rates to bring this inflation rate down. So I'd love to hear your take about what this means for stocks, because obviously if their interest rates go up, you know, bonds look more attractive and stocks look less attractive.
3: No, that's a fair point, and we look at bond portfolios now. If, like, you're in a high tax bracket, I mean, we have municipal yields at, like, 3%. Now, if you're mm-hmm. in a marginal rate of 35%, 40%, that's, like, getting almost 5% on your money, Steve. So yep, we yep. think the bond market's a great place to be, um, but the equity market is, too, because, I mean, this way it's have to remember with the market. Remember, it's forward-looking. So if we're in a recession or not in a recession, markets already priced it in, and what you have to remember is the market's going to recover before the economy because the market – and the economy yeah. are not the same thing. And that's, right. you know, that's, that's, a, that's an important point, because if you remember back during the credit crisis, you know, the market recovered way ahead of uh, when the news got better, like, like a year, year and a half. So, I, you know, our view is here, look, you, you got to buy when there's blood in the street. You can't. Bob likes to say this, but you can't get good prices without bad news. Once you have good right. news and you have clarity, the opportunity's lost. Um, and in the meantime, cash flows rich. Dividend yields are going up this year, talking about yields. And stock buybacks are, you're, you're going to see like, uh, you know, something like a trillion dollars in stock buybacks this year because companies have a lot of cash on their balance sheet. So, you know, companies are buying their stock. You should be buying their stock, too. That's a very, very bullish sign.
2: And so uh, let's talk about the NASDAQ and the tech stocks, if we can, because those stocks really took a beating, especially, you know, the Googles and the Apples and the Amazons and Facebooks. And Twitter really, really got hammered in the first six months of this year. Um, these are reached; the they were at one point trillion dollar companies. I don't know if they are now. But uh, <laughs> what do you think of te- big tech, and is this a buying opportunity for some of these uh, big uh, 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 companies?
0: Well, I think there's some you know really great uh, technology companies that are now used to be considered. Growth stocks, we start to think of them in terms of value stocks because they've come down so much in price. Mm -hmm. The real damage, I think, Steve, has been and I think what really needed to be done was to was really to shred this um, speculation that was going on in things like cryptocurrency and the real Mm -hmm. speculative, you know, disruptive, innovative technology stocks. They're down 80 percent, you know, over year over year. So I don't know if those companies are going to come back for a long time because they were priced to perfection and they were priced, you know, based on 200 years of of earnings uh, coming in in the next year. So I think that when you look at some good quality stocks, and I I don't know that you can even consider Apple anymore a technology stock, right? It's more of a consumer statement. Um, So I think there's some opportunity there. But, you know, what's happening now is when you have this type of correction in the market, It generally changes the leadership of the market and and growth in tech was the leadership for the last 13 years. You know, now you have value, which is really selling at a a very low multiple, very attractive. It's what Ryan and I call revenge of the nerds. It's, you know, time to invest (laughs) like your grandfather. You'll buy good quality companies with low PE ratios and high dividends.
2: I'm talking to Ryan and Bob Payne, two of the best financial experts out there in this country. Uh, And I want to ask you guys about what's happening with the housing sector. And I've I've asked you for the last several weeks on this, and and I'm very nervous about it because we see uh, mortgage yeah. rates that have gone from 3 to 6%. And now that obviously is going to raise the uh, cost of housing. On the other hand, uh, every indication is that in many major markets, there is still a housing shortage. How do you see this all playing out?
3: Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. I mean, I think everyone talks about 2008, 2009 when the economy was broken. Right. Where we had that oversupply. And, you know, it's like the pendulum always swings because we had an oversupply of houses back in 08, 09, What did they do? They undersupplied the market for over a decade. And now you have this confluence of the fact that rents are going up. Right. Depending on the market, rents are going up astronomically. I'm here in New York. They're going up like 30, 40 percent. And you have this whole generation of millennials. Like we joked before, Steve, you know, your, your millennial kids are out of your basement. Um, yeah, remember the oldest millennials now are like 42 years old, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) so they all have, they have good jobs. They're, they're in the family formation stage. And I've I've likened it to when the baby boomers in the eighties. Yeah. So, you know, that, so the the good thing is rates have gone up. That's what the fed wanted to do. Cooling off prices is probably a positive, but that demand's not going away. And we also, you know, as a longer term view of the economy, like that's going to be a huge positive for the economy because when you're in that household formation stage you've got the biggest cohort the millennials 70 million plus people um they're going to be buying a lot of stuff whether it's for their kids furniture you know this is when you your peak buying years are are now that's like it's a very very good long-term trend for the economy another reason why we're very very optimistic uh on the next so couple years you're saying years. you're saying
2: that the de- the demographics are favoring housing because the uh, millennials are starting to to buy more house you know get into the market or buying bigger houses now and so that will counteract some of the rise in interest rates is that
3: a hundred percent in that multiplier effect right you buy a house yeah. you okay. buy furniture and then you you know you have kids that, yeah. and you get a, it, it, just so on and so yep. forth so it's a huge multiplier effect for the economy that's a very very good sign long term
2: uh we've got just one or two minutes left for this segment i'm lo- I'm talking to bob and ryan Tain. by the way can you guys give your 800 number for people who want that free consultation, because I know I get a lot of (laughs) questions about that every show. Can you uh, give us that 800 number again?
3: Yeah, just you can reach out. Go to 844-752-6692. Give us a call or text at 844-752-6692 for our total financial master plan, where we do a full holistic review.
2: Okay. And finally, in our last minute, um, I just want to summarize. So you are optimistic about uh, the economy. I, and and you think that now, what, you
0: know, what is your overall advice to investors
2: at this point?
0: Well, with, uh, our, our advice is what it's always been is in order to succeed as an investor, you have to think long term. And right now for a yep. long term investor, you've got the best pricing we've seen uh, on stocks in a year, maybe two years. Um, the bond market uh, has going down. So yields are up. So now you can actually get a good return on your bond portfolio. Yep. And this is great for savers because the banks have been paying zero now for a couple <laughs> right. of years. Yeah, um, And all you, you, you can go out and buy a one-year, two-year bond and get a decent return. So that's, right now is a good time to have cash and to start deploying into the market, getting invested for, towards your goals. Long-term investors always win. And uh, now you're getting an opportunity. It's not a time to panic, Steve. It's a time to think, uh, clearly and keep your head while everybody else loses theirs. Well, I love that optimism, especially this 4th of July weekend. Uh, gentlemen, uh,
2: thank you so much for the great analysis. As always, we'll be right back. You're listening to The More Money Show on
3: WABC. And if you're thinking to yourself, you want a more hands-on approach, get a full review of what you're doing right now, like you can't make heads or tails of what's going on in the economy. You need advice with your portfolio, making sure you're on your track for retirement. Well, we have 10 slots we can open for the whole show. If you have over a million dollars saved for retirement, Bob and I will run for you our total financial master plan, our famous plan will do with no obligation or cost. There's no other firm out there that will do this work up front at no cost. We literally look at everything that you own. We build you your own personalized portal so we can get a big picture view of your entire financial life. We can start honing in on every single financial issue that you have. We're going to look at diversification. Are you properly diversified or... Do you have too much money concentrated in growth, tech, bond funds, and you've seen your portfolio go down a lot this year? Or are you sitting in cash, earning nothing on your money? Paralysis by analysis as inflation is over 8%. We're going to put together a full investment game plan, show you how to invest your money to grow it, but most importantly, protect it over the rest of your life. And we're going to look at income. You need an income plan for retirement. How are you going to take Social Security? There's so many ways to take Social Security. But one right way for you, we're going to show you how to optimize your portfolio for income so you don't run out of money over the rest of your life, and we're going to look at fees and taxes. We're going to do a deep dive of every investment you own, show you where all the hidden costs are because Wall Street loves to sell you products with high fees that are tax inefficient. We're going to show you how to reduce costs on your overall portfolio and show you how to optimize your portfolio for taxes with our tax playbook. We literally have 10 slots. If you have over a million dollars saved for retirement, we'll do our full total financial master plan.
0: All you have to do is text or call 844 752 6692. That's 844 752 6692. Or just simply give us a call at 844 plan nyc That's 844 nyc
3: So, Bob, you know, at our firm, Payne Capital Management, we like to celebrate the 4th of July. And uh, I'm going to celebrate with you hanging down in Ocean City, New Jersey this weekend with uh, the weather literally perfect. I thought we could talk about what we could declare independence from to make sure that we have the smoothest retirement plan in place. And for me, Bob, you know, I love the government, but I can always love the government paying the least amount of tax ever. So independence from the government and taxation, I think, is a good thing. That's a really good thing, Ryan. I'll tell you, there are
0: a lot of portfolios we review week after week that are totally tax inefficient. You know, it's like an unforced error. You're paying taxes that you don't need to pay. I call them unnecessary taxes when you own mutual funds, when you – you know, take something that can be tax-free in terms of income, and you put in something that pays a taxable income stream, like an annuity, for example. So you got to be really careful with – it's not just about diversifying your portfolio, but it's being tax-efficient is the key. You know, you pay enough in taxes right now. You don't need to give them any more. Yeah.
3: Well, that's the other thing, too. And someone sits down for a review with us. You think it's these big, sweeping changes that we make that change your entire life. It's not, Right it's those small incremental adjustments that you make. Like to your point, Bob, maybe it's just generating tax-free income through tax-free bonds, like getting out of an annuity where the income is going to be taxable. Or right now with the market's down, maybe you're in a low tax bracket this year, converting some of your IRA, which we know is a ticking tax time bomb, to something like a Roth IRA where that money is tax-free over your life and then your heir's life. So, you know, there's those little adjustments you can make, and it's always the little things, right? It's not the big things that have huge impact on your financial plan, which could be the difference between paying like hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxes over the rest of your life and your heir's life and paying a lot less. But, you know, you have to be looking at this and looking at the whole picture.
0: Yeah, just the other day, Rye, I sat down with a new client and they weren't maximizing their contributions to their 401k plan because they plan on retiring at the end of this year and they're going to start a little side business. Um, They didn't even realize that they could put you know, close to $60,000 away, you know, every year, tax deductible. Um, and since they're over fifty nine and a half, there's no penalty to withdraw it. So it's almost like a tax-deferred, tax-deductible, you know, savings or checking account. So there's lots of little things that you can do that compound over a long period of time. And, you know, even though if you're just retiring right now, you're going to be around for another 30, 40 years. You know, so you, you need to make sure that you're overcoming inflation. The best way to do that is compounding your dividends and interest.
3: Yeah, and one of the biggest independence we all want is from our job, right? Like it's one thing to work because you want to work, but it's one thing to work because you have to work. And putting together that plan so you can be financially independent, you can des- decide, okay, hey, this is the time that I want to stop working and I can live off my portfolio and not run out of money. Like that's everyone's dream as far as I'm concerned.
0: Well, you know, my dream is, right, independence from your kids. <laughs> that hurts, Bob. That hurts on a, <laughs> a deep level. Well, you know, it's, it's actually a a double edged sword, right? First of all, you don't want your, you want your children to be successful. So you want to make sure you educate them financially. I think it's one of my biggest pet peeves is that our school systems don't educate our children about basic things like checking accounts and, and, you know, debit cards and credit cards. They don't have any basic financial knowledge. It's amazing how many children come out of college today with hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt from school loans and from credit cards.
3: Yeah, and on top of that, you know, you want to make sure that you're financially sound, that you don't have to rely on your kids, right? You know, Bob, my couch is always open for you, but I'd rather you be financially independent where you don't have to live on my couch.
0: Well, I'll tell you, the last thing any parent wants is to be a burden on their children, right? And that's why it's so important the plan long term. Right. It's just uh, it's it's it, it's incredibly important. And it's also important that once you have that financial plan in place, it doesn't just stop there with your portfolio. Right. You have to you know, make sure you have the proper estate plan, make sure things are titled properly. Um, it's amazing. I mean, every estate we settle, we find out that things weren't titled correctly or that there's assets that nobody knew about. Um, and it, it's amazing. I mean, you be you'd be shocked to see how many millions of dollars yeah. are unaccounted for in every estate.
3: No, it's an amazing thing. You have to update your, update your estate plan like every couple of years, right? Because things are changing, right? The estate laws are probably going to change over the next couple of years. So you want to be proactive about that. you know, but, but the other big independence that we all want to have when it comes to our financial freedom we want to have when we're retired is not worrying about the ups and downs of the market. And I think that's a huge component to what we do for our clients is we make their portfolios income-driven no matter what the market's doing, even with this big downturn. You have enough income coming in that you don't have to stress about what's happening in the market day to day. And I think that's one of the single-handedly most important things that you can do to give you that peace of mind when you're finally financially independent.
0: And that's really the amazing thing, right? It's it's up to you, the investor, to mentally declare, I'm going to be financially independent of volatility. Now, volatility is existing in the markets. It's, It's why markets have such great returns over time. You can't eliminate volatility. All you can do is mentally adjust how you handle volatility. And if you have a portfolio position properly, right, a balanced portfolio, you're not 100% in anything. You know, you can take a view of volatility where you're viewing it from abundance, right, as opposed to scarcity, and take advantage of it.
3: Well you got to ask yourself Bob like am I working with a broker or an advisor because if you are looking at your phone every day and you see the markets ups and downs and you don't have an income plan in place which we find we do about 50 portfolios a month you probably have a portfolio of collection of investments that's not income driven that's really problematic right and that's where I think see the biggest mistake today is is you're not building a portfolio for income long term with inflation going up and you probably don't have the right portfolio in place and if you're feeling it right now and the pain is great. It's probably not the right portfolio that you're invested in.
0: I mean, you know, we were talking to Steve earlier, and he, he said, you know, based on the landed uh, Fed that the GDP is going to be negative this quarter. So theoretically or practically, we're in a recession right now. But we were just in a recession in 2020. And you know what happened in 2020 and what's happening right now, right? Every single client we work with is getting all the income they need on a monthly basis. Nothing changes, right? If anything, their income's higher now than it was in 2020. So it's truly critical to not have just a financial plan, but to have an income plan, right? An income of lifetime savings that you can't outlive.
3: And when in, when inflation's going up, right, and you need income to go up over time, it has to adjust with inflation. You need a dynamic income plan that adjusts for the fact that your cost of living is going higher. And if you're thinking to yourself right now, like, this is the kind of plan I need. I need to figure out I'm diversified correctly for retirement. I want to be independent. I want to make sure I have the right amount of income coming in. I want to account for inflation. Here's a shot to do it. We still have five slots left. We're going to keep it open the whole show. If you've saved over a million dollars for retirement, Bob and I will run for you our total financial master plan. We will do that with no obligation or cost. There's no other firm out here that will do this work up front. We literally will take every single investment you own. We're going to build you your own financial portal, give you a bird's eye view of your entire financial life, and we're going to hone in on every financial issue you need to address today. We're going to build that income plan for you. We're going to show you how to grow your money over inflation. We're going to show you how to optimize Social Security. We're going to look at your diversification, do a deep dive of every investment you own. We're going to look at those high-cost annuities, insurance products, brokerage products that the firms love to sell you that are high in fees and tax inefficient. And we're going to show you how to reduce all that cost, make your portfolio tax efficient, give you our tax paybook so there's more money coming in your pocket, not the government's. And we're going to look at diversification. Are you properly diversified with the market selling off? Or are you sitting in cash, earning nothing, trying to figure out what to do, paralysis by analysis? We're going to put together a full investment game plan so you grow your money, but most importantly, protect it over the rest of your life. We have five slots left if you've saved over a million dollars for retirement.
0: All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844 752 6692, or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC, that's 844 A N N Y C. If you're one of our next 10 callers and you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement, our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners will help you to create your own unique total financial master plan. Now, there's no obligation, there's no cost, but you won't have a plan if you don't text or call 844-752-6692, that's 844 752-6692, 752-6692, or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's
3: 844 A N N Y C. nyc Hey, if you want to learn more about myself and Bob and our firm, Pain Capital Management, of course, that's P-A-Y-N-E, simply go to BeBullish.com. That's BeBullish.com. You can check out our podcast, Pain Points of Wealth. I want to wish everybody a happy fourth weekend. Enjoy the great weather, and stay tuned. we got more, more money
1: coming your way. If you're suffering from ED, you're not alone. 60% of men over 60 have this problem. Help is out there. The professionals at Elevate Wellness can help you be the man you used to be. They've helped thousands of patients and have a 96% success rate. What are you waiting for? Call 973-354-2276. 973-354-2276. Your first visit is only $99. ElevateWellnessGroup.com. Help is out there. ElevateWellnessGroup.com. Your health is important. Your sexual health is very important. And like everything else, it has challenges. As many as 50% of men over 50 have sexual-related difficulties, like ED, low testosterone, and low energy. That's where they come in. Elevate Wellness has real professional and in-person solutions. Call 973-354-2276. 973-354-2276. Or visit elevatewellnessgroup.com and get back to where it started. Office visits only $99 this month. with economist Steve Moore. Now, Steve Moore.
2: Welcome back, folks. This is the More Money Show. This is WABC, the number one uh, news talk radio station in these United States of America. On this show today, we normally talk about money and the stock market, and we talk about the economy. But today, I really want to talk about the greatest nation on earth. I want to talk about the these United States of America. I want to talk about the birth of our country. I want to talk about the issue of whether or not you agree with me that America is the greatest country on earth. That doesn't mean we're flawed. We're not flawed because we are flawed. We have, we have stains on our history just like any country does, but I'm going to make the case to you that I believe that there is no nation that has become uh, more prosperous has done more for freedom and liberty and the free enterprise system and for the pursuit of life, liberty, uh, and the pursuit of happiness than the United States. And it's I submit to you that this is the reason why immigrants all over the country, want to come, all over the world, want to come to the United States, because we are number one. Now, I want to make one point before we get to our calls, because the, the um, More Money hotline is the, the dashboard is lit up which which brings a smile to my face. So I think we have one line open folks. That's one 9222 By the way, I see that there are uh, I see the people who've called in. They're all men. They're all men. And I would love for some women to call in. So the ladies, if you're listening to this show, please I wanna hear the female perspective about whether you what you think about um these United States of America. It's 1-800-848-9222 or 1-800-848-WABC. Before I get to our first caller, though, I want to make this point because it's not well understood, especially by my liberal friends. The Constitution, you know, we're obviously celebrating the independence of our country as a nation and the birth of our nation, frankly. And when we set up our Constitution, a lot of people don't understand this. What the Constitution really is, it's a rule book it's a rule book about what the government can and cannot do. It sets limits on government. It's the, this is what makes it one of the greatest documents ever written. It is, a, it is a creed that is dedicated to freedom and to limit governmental abuses because that's what set up this country. Remember, we were uh, under the tyranny of the British. We had taxation without representation. Uh, bills of attainder where you can throw people in jail without due process of law. And what the Constitution did was it said, these are the powers the government has. And if it, these powers are not explicitly granted to the federal government, they uh, those powers either resi- reside with the people and the states, the states and the people. And so my point is we've drifted away from that. I and mean, when you've got Joe Biden saying he has the power to uh, to shut down coal plants in this country or to tell you what, you, what temperature you th- set your thermostat at or what kind of light bulbs you're putting in your house and on and on and on, all of these powers I don't think are even constitutional. I think our founding fathers are probably turning over in their graves to see what's happened. Now, are we the freest country in the world? Absolutely, we are. But we still have a lot of work to do to preserve our freedoms, and that's why it's so important, frankly, that we celebrate the 4th of July and our Independence Day. And one final thing, patriotism. Uh, What I want to see in this country is a new patriotism. I'm so sick and tired of progressives who just tear down our country. Do we need to improve? Absolutely do we need to improve. We don't always do the best job. Do we have a, uh, you know, is there still racism in the country? Absolutely there is. We have to do more to lift the least among us, uh, but we're doing a pretty darn good job of it. So with that said, I want to hear from you all. I want to hear if you agree with me, and I want to I hear from people who disagree with you. If you don't think this is the greatest country on earth, then tell me who you think is, okay? Do you think Germany is a greater country? Do you think Switzerland, Sweden? Uh, I'd love to hear Uh, What country is greater than the United States? Because I'm going to take you on it, but I'd love to hear your comments on this. All right. We will get to our first caller. I think Walker from New Jersey has been waiting the longest. Uh, Walker, uh, thanks for calling in. Happy Fourth of July. What do you got for us, my friend? Hey, Steve, uh, I'm just looking at Warren Buffett, and you kind of look at what he does, not what he says. He made a fortune when it closed the Keystone XL pipeline. He's got BNSF Railroad. He was hauling oil. Now he's got a one-third stake in Occidental Petroleum. No windmills, no solar panels in his uh, portfolio. What say you? (laughs) (laughs) Great point. Look, uh, you know, first of all, I'm a great admirer of Warren Buffett. I mean, he has been one of the greatest investors in the history of this country and world history, and he's become a billionaire. And, and by the way, he lives in Omaha, Nebraska. He is, I think, a, American through and through. But also, some of his policies that he endorses are actually things that are going to benefit his investments. And you're right about, you know, the railroads and things like this. So one of the reasons that he wants to uh, reduce, you know, cancel pipelines because he's with the Greens on that is because guess what? If you can't transport the the oil and gas on pipelines. And coal, you have uh, you have to use um, trains to do it. So there is some self interest there, but I think Warren Buffett is an example of somebody who kind of grew up in humble means and became one of the richest people on earth, and he did it through the free enterprise system. And I, w- I only wish that he would do more to uh, celebrate and to help build up the free enterprise system, than r- rather than always calling for higher taxes and and things like that. Because you know it's it's the system that we set up that allows people like Warren Buffett to be billionaires. And look, I like billionaires. What's wrong with somebody becoming a billionaire? You can only become a billionaire in this country if you give people things that you want. Steve Jobs and, and, you know, uh, Warren Buffett and Bill Gates, they created great industries, and that's how they became rich. I'm a, a good friend of Fred Smith. He had this idea when he was graduate school of setting up an a, a, a a nationwide network of overnight delivery service. Everybody laughed at him, said it couldn't be done. And not only is it a great, great company, but he has become rich, and so many people uh, use his services every day. So uh, there's nothing wrong with getting rich in this country. That's the American dream. Okay. I think up next we have James from Putnam.
4: Hey, Steve, thanks for taking the call. So I agree with your message wholeheartedly. The pro independence, low tax, limited government, our kids are not being taught this. I'm a former school what? teacher hey, J- James, a
2: million James, years James, ago. Let me, James, let me interrupt you for one second. Why is that? Why is it that the kids, I mean, when I grew up, uh, you know, now I went to Catholic school, so you know, I've got the. I've got the bruises on my knuckles from the, from, the, from the nuns who used to crack my knuckles if I acted up, and I acted up a lot when I was a kid. But why is it that uh, – we're the only country on earth that most countries teach their kids how great their country is. We don't do that in America. Why is that?
4: This has become a power struggle for the left to take over the yeah. education system. and by doing and, and as a result, the only way they could do it is by not teaching properly. And so not promoting capitalism, not promoting these these things, which also lends itself directly into immigration. We should be teaching the immigrants who come over the border all of these things that made America great, which is why they came here in the first place.
5: Our Republican
4: Party is obtuse. They don't get this. They should completely leapfrog the the Democrats on this issue and take it to the next level and, and bypass all of this power struggle for voting and put it towards pro-business, pro-independent, low-tax, limited-government policies, and that's what you need to do to become a U.S. citizen. All
2: right. James, James, great, great, great call. People. I've got about five or six other people waiting, so I want to get to them. But I, you make a really important point, James. And, you know, I remember I used to teach um, citizen at a citizenship uh, classes, and I would read the crap that these, you know – Mexicans and Salvadorans and Chinese and Indians. And it was all about how America is a racist country and we're responsible for all the problems on the planet. And these poor immigrants, you know, these immigrants who came to this country, they were so, so excited to be here and to become citizens. They would scratch their heads and they'd say, Mr. Moore, you know, I thought America was a great country. And I'm reading from these dimwitted, you know, left-wing pamphlets that are being put out by the universities, how America is a terrible country. And, it just pained me. We're not teaching the and, – and they the reason they – they know America is a great country. That's why they came here. That's why they, they wanted to celebrate our freedoms, and they wanted the economic opportunities. And so it is so frustrating to me that uh, that these um, new citizens aren't learning this. And And by the way, I would bet to you folks – because there is a citizenship test where you have to understand about American history and American Constitution. I would best bet most high school graduates in this country couldn't even pass that test. They don't know what the First Amendment is. They don't know what the Fourth Amendment is. They don't know what the Tenth Amendment is. They don't know about our founding fathers because we're not teaching it anymore. And, and yeah, I'm getting a little angry here because we need to teach our children and the new immigrants who come into this country. And by the way, I'm very pro immigrant. You got to come in legally. Legally, I'm against illegal immigration, but immigrants are such great Americans when they come here. But my god, we're not teaching this to our kids. All right, I'll get off my soapbox here, but we have to do it. All right, who do we have next? I think I think we got George from Queens.
6: Yeah, hi uh I've heard and I firmly believe that to love America for what it is, is the greatness of this country.
3: But yes. what's
6: wrong is we're faced with the Congress and the congressmen that yeah. are putting a, a, a bad uh, bad uh, way about us. And that's what we have to address. But the people are too, we're not together to be able to pull and and stand up for the we the people. Yeah, I would like to see a movement we the people against Congress.
2: I love it. Now, George, before I let you go, I've been a long-term time supporter of term limits for Congress. What say you?
6: Yes. Oh no. Is, is there. Well, look. There's the game of baseball, and it consists of National League and American League. Right. And, but it's the same game. Well. Well, uh, Congress is uh, the government is the same. It's just uh Republicans and Democrats, but they're all playing, they're all doing the sneaky stuff and becoming yep. <laughs> Right. what's Obama? Well, worth seventy million dollars? Come on. That's yeah. There. All
2: right, George, great, great, great call, my friend. Uh, we need term limits. You know, we, the whole idea of our founding fathers, and this is one of the flaws of our constitution. So we should have a constitutional amendment to establish term limits. I would favor eight years in the House, so four terms in the House, and a maximum of two terms. That would be twelve years in the Senate. Because I don't want professional politicians. I want people who are businessmen and women, and teachers, and people who have you know worked hard in blue collar jobs. Let's have. You know, people who are builders and construction workers and, and people represent America, representing Congress. Because i got to tell you, most of them, the people in Congress, they're either community activists or they're lawyers, not the disparaged lawyers, but they don't represent real America. Okay, I'm going to get off my soapbox on that. I believe we have Ed from Upper East Side, New York, calling. Ed, what do you got for us, my friend? If we, if, Ed, are you there? If not, let's go to the next caller. Who's our next caller, Mr. Uh, Mister Producer?
3: Our next caller is Dave from Newp- Northport.
2: Dave from Northport. Uh, do you agree with me, Dave, that this is the greatest country that ever was?
7: Uh, Steve, can you hear me?
2: I do. Do you agree with me?
7: I do, and it was never a question, okay, up until recent times Uh, Growing up and watching Watergate hearings on TV and watching the way the system worked and then just, you know, having confidence in the system, it was never a question. It's only a question now because of going back to your last caller, there's no education being taught as to why the system is what it is. Like, for instance, the the Supreme Court is there to protect us from bad law, from from good law, so there's no pro-life, there's no... There's no pro-life anti-abortion argument. The law as it was written isn't sufficient. It's got to go back to Congress to be tweaked, and the states, to be rewritten, and the states. Or to be thrown out. And the court protects all of us, not just part, you know, part people with different opinions. And that's yeah, what people great...
4: don't understand.
2: All right, great great call. 100% correct. You know, the the Supreme Court is supposed to be the uh, bulwark of our liberties a bulwark of our liberties. And I have to say that this court has done that. They have basically said, uh, that if Congress is acting outside the Constitution or if they're designating all these new powers to these regulatory agencies of, of you know, people like Lena Khan, who whoever voted for her. So we're giving these regulatory agencies all this power. And for the first time in our history, the courts said, hey, wait a minute. No, that is that is not inside the Constitution. I mean, there's no FTC and FDA and and uh, Consumer Financial Board and all these ABC agencies they're not in the Constitution, and Congress has delegated the authority to these these groups, and neither is there um, – the, the, the Constitution doesn't mention the word education. It doesn't me- mention the word abortion. Th- these will be decided at the state level because the Tenth Amendment says that the powers not officially granted to the federal government reside with the states and the people, all right? That's why our country is great. We're one of the few countries on this planet that actually has a system of federalism and the division of power, which is a good check on abuses of power by government. Okay, Mr. Producer, who have we got next?
3: Next is Judy from Manhattan.
2: Judy, thank you for calling in. We finally got a a woman calling in, so I'm I'm tired of hearing from the men. And, uh, Judy, do you agree with me that this is the greatest country on
5: earth? Yes, I think it is the greatest country in the world uh, on Earth, but currently abused by power-hungry executive orders, presidents and agencies, NGOs, stakeholders, and the U.N.'s one world uh, command and control
2: government. Judy, you're a great call. You're 100 percent correct. Again, I love our callers because you're people are so smart and so on top of things. And I'm very, very worried about the – I'm going to take the last thing about what Judy just said, the um, challenge and the threat to our sovereignty as an independent nation. I don't want to give up power to the G7 or the NATO or to the World Bank or to the United Nations or all these other countries. All they want to do is tell us what to do and take our money right? Who finances all these international organizations, the IMF, the World Bank, the United Nations? We do. We pay for it. And then all these other countries tell us what to do. No, we are we are governed by our own representatives, not the people in France, not the people in Germany, not the people in China, not the people in Russia. And by the way, why did we ever let the Chinese into the World Trade Organization? They're our enemy. Well, what about NATO? I mean, what about Russia? Why are they still in the United Nations? They are a They uh, have a leader that is uh, a criminal, and this is a criminal invasion of the Ukraine. And so I'm with you, Judy. I do not think we should ever surrender our sovereignty as a country. And if we do, folks, that's the end of the United States of America as we know it. Okay, Mr. Producer, who is our next caller? Our
3: next caller is Jill from Bronxville.
2: Jill, thanks for calling. Before I get to you, I want to – we've got uh, about five minutes more. We've got one line open. That's uh, the More Money hotline, 1-800-848-9222. Jill, thanks for calling in. Do you agree with me, Jill, that this is the greatest country on this planet?
5: Hi, Steve. You're terrific, and I would have agreed with you before the Biden administration <laughs> got in. Right. But right. What I what I believe now is that we are being controlled by people with a Marxist agenda
8: yes, and I agree. the
5: wealth America, which just keeps getting more and more extreme, is destroying us on all levels. You know, I mean one of the things that I think made America so great for so long was that we had a
2: So let me just – first of all, again, I agree with everything you say. However, I'm going to ask you this. I, my premise is, Jill, and you tell me if you agree or not, I think that people are fed up with this woke Stuff. I think people are fed up with this anti-America education that our kids are getting. In other words, I think there's a backlash. I think uh, my buddy Larry Kudlow says this very well: that the cavalry is coming. Americans are in revolt against what this Biden administration is doing, and the tax against our sovereignty, the tax against American energy, the attacks on uh, on pro-American ideas in our schools, and this crazy LGBTQ, you know crazy left-wing agenda. Uh, And I wonder if you – don't you think Americans are revolting against this?
3: Next caller is John from Westchester.
2: John from Westchester. All right, John, I'm going to pose the same question to you that I did to Jill. We lost Jill there. But I, I think that Americans are fed up with this attack against America, attacks against our, for, our sovereignty, attack against our institutions and our Constitution, and I wonder if you agree with me on that.
8: Hey, first of all, love listening to you. You're spot on. America's a great country. I believe you, and I agree with you. I will say this. Yeah. You can sum up all this BS in about two words. What is it? Corrupt politicians. <laughs> take name, 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 name,
5: name. You've got
2: it right, my friend. It is the politicians. We're giving them too much power, and we have to take that power back. And by the way, I have to say, I'm a big Trump Steve, supporter. I'm, yeah, go
8: ahead. Yeah. Tell me, how can the governor of New York State, who is not elected, right, wind up with 20 million in coffers to run again? How does yeah, this that's happen? That's how that's do that's all that's these that's old. All degenerate politicians, both Republican and Democrat, wind up with millions of dollars, okay, in their bank accounts, in their stock portfolios, when supposedly they only make what hundred and eighty thousand as a uh, representative I don't know what a senator makes, okay, and how does Obama how does Obama wind up with three houses? Okay. Yeah. All right. I
2: guess, sir, I got to cut you off because we're running out of time here. But a great call again. I've got uh, – there's an old saying, by the way, in Washington that's apropos of what this gentleman was just saying. And the saying goes like this. Um, people come to Washington to do good, and they end up doing well. Now, think about that. It's true. People come to – and there's another saying. People come to Washington to say they're going to clean up the swamp, and then they they jump in and they realize it's not a swamp. It's a hot tub. There's too much concentration of power in Washington, and this gentleman had it absolutely correct. There is too much corruption, corruption in our political class. Now, I want to make one last point before we break off. It's been a pleasure, by the way, to uh, speak to you. Great calls today, as always. Thank you all for calling in. I know there were four or five people I couldn't get to. Hopefully, I'll be able to get to you next week. But I want to tell you this. Joe Biden is not allowing for um, the uh, uh, Mount Rushmore, which, by the way, if you have not been to Mount Rushmore, folks, it is worth going to see. It It is just awesome. I mean, my jaw just dropped. When I saw it, and I just looked up. I spent literally an hour and a half just staring at it. It was so cool, and you know, our 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 the people who made America great Abe Lincoln and and uh, and uh, Te- Peter, Theodore Roosevelt and Jefferson and George Washington—and do you know that Joe Biden does not want to allow? there to be fireworks this year in in uh in, in south dakota mount rushmore that's crazy he says oh the, the indigenous people don't want it you know what for those of you who live in new york area that was indian
8: territory but we have fireworks in new york are we going to stop the fireworks in new york because of the indigenous people this is ridiculous all right folks have a great fourth of july pleasure to be with you this is the more money show every saturday at 1 p.m celebrate
2: this great country this weekend
1: Stop. ED is no laughing matter. This could be caused from low T, high blood pressure, or diabetes. Elevate Wellness can help. 40% of men over 40 have experienced this. Make the call to Elevate Wellness now, 973-354-2276, 973-354-2276. The office visit is only $99 and includes exam, blood work, test dose, and consultation. Call Elevate Wellness, 973-354-2276 or elevatewellnessgroup.com.